0: What's up, guys? Coming to you live from Farmington Hills, Michigan, your host, David Chandra.
1: And your host, Jill Patel. I hope you guys are doing well and staying safe. We have a brand new guest today, Megan Wood, and she's a fourth-year podiatry student at Shoal College of Podiatric Medicine. Uh, Megan, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. So my name is Megan Wood. I'm a current fourth-year student at Shoal College of Podiatric Medicine in Chicago, Illinois. And so where should we start with? Just kind of what got me into podiatry? Yeah,
1: let's yeah.
2: let's start with that. Sure, let's do it. So I did not grow up in Chicago. I actually grew up on a farm in upstate New York, really close to the border of Canada. And our farm, we have like a hundred dairy cows, we make maple syrup. Um <laughs> I would not trade that for anything. It's a <laughs> wonderful place to visit for sure. Um, But growing up, I didn't really have any family in the medical field. So I definitely did not discover it that way. And I don't think I would have ever discovered podiatry if it wasn't for an injury I had while dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, when I grew up, I studied ballet. And I actually continued that on to college as a dance major. And so one season, when I was 16 years old, during Nutcracker rehearsals, which was just my entire life back then. Mm -hmm. I hurt my foot. I did something in my toenail. I think I like shattered it or something. And so basically, my mom took me to a podiatrist who completely took care of the problem. He totally understood that all I wanted to do was get back to rehearsing. I needed to get back into my point shoes. And it was just, it was a great experience. And so I was, 16 back then, so I really wasn't thinking about like long term career or what I wanted to do in general. That was not on my mind.
0: Right. Just you know, like to- all, just like all of us, pretty much, right?
2: Oh yeah. When you're <laughs> a kid, yeah. when you're a teenager, you're not <laughs> thinking about a lifelong career. Yeah. Not at all. um So actually, the thought of podiatry didn't really circle back to me until I was a freshman in college, and. Okay. I actually I took an EMT course so I could work as an emergency medical technician. And I I can't even tell you guys. I loved that. I don't even know why I became an EMT. I think it was mostly because well one, the class is free as long as you work for the collegiate agency after. Right. And it just seemed like a fun thing to get involved in. I thought it'd be a cool side job, that kind of thing. Yeah. And It definitely made me realize I loved medicine, and I had to work in that field. Um, And so after that, the question was more like, what type of medicine? And Uh so I kind of thought back to my experiences being 16, being a patient in podiatry, and I was just kind of intrigued by it. I liked how specialized it was. I kind of knew I did not want to do anything that involved a lifestyle of waking up at all crazy hours (laughs) of the night regularly. Yeah. When I was in my young 20s, being an EMT, it was fine to wake up for a 3 a.m. call regularly. Um, I knew I could not do that for the rest of my life. Right. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And I know (laughs) lifestyle is definitely a huge reason why people are into dietry. You can kind of take on as much of the the on-call as you want, not as much as you want, um, at least in your long-term career. So that was something that definitely interested me about it. And so after that, I kind of just went back to my hometown and I shadowed that podiatrist that treated my injury originally. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I loved what he did on a daily basis. He was so happy. His patients loved him. He liked going to work every day. And I just knew that that would definitely be what I wanted to do. And so I definitely, I looked into other fields of medicine as well, which I would recommend to anybody considering podiatry you need to know that you want to be a podiatrist because it is a very specialized route you know right
0: yeah definitely and I think I think a lot of times what experiences we go through as individuals in our life specifically kind of shape us into making the decision that we do for our future careers and I know a lot of people that have come on This podcast and others that I've spoke with have told me about how a certain instance in their life or a certain thing that might have happened to a family member or a friend kind of shapes them into the decision they end up eventually making. And I'm glad to hear that you were able to make that decision based off of what you saw and then you were able to establish it and confirm that idea by actually going back to it and exploring your options and seeing, you know, what was really the right fit for you specifically. So that's nice to hear. And I'm glad to hear something like that, because it's always different when you know you've come back and you've realized the decision that you made and you have kind of know like, hey, this is what it is for me. So when you started applying to podiatry schools and you decided that podiatry was what you wanted to go into, did you apply to uh, all nine schools or did you apply to a couple or... Did you know that you wanted to go to Shoal? How did you go up, up, Go about the application process?
2: That's a really good question. You know, geographically, I was very open to kind of anywhere. I'm from upstate New York, but I am hours from the city. Yeah. Uh, like, I think it's like seven hours. So it's pretty far drive. Right. Um, so I definitely was interested in New York. I went to Temple. I went to Kent. Uh, the podiatrist I shadowed went to Kent, and so that definitely sparked my interest there. I uh, applied to Shoal. and I don't think I really looked West Coast because I just felt like that'd be a little too far from me, from yeah. family. But so yeah, I had I was pretty open, and I'm really glad I did that approach because with every interview I went to, I kind of realized how different each of the schools were, and I really think I met students at every single one of the schools that truly made me believe that going to any school will make you a great podiatrist or a great podiatry student, Mm -hmm. but I think they're different enough that you have to really kind of explore where you fit best. Um, For me, I loved the city of Chicago. I loved how Shoal was north enough of the city that you had access to the benefits of a major city. But you didn't necessarily have to live in it during those first two years of school. Like I knew when I went into school for those first two years, I didn't want to do anything fun. I just wanted to grind it out, get my stuff done, and then hopefully enjoy my life after that. Which is a mindset I do regret in a way. But, you know, yeah. we made it through. So. Yeah. <laughs> you're for on sure. the other side. The two years are over.
1: You're you're yeah. almost done with your well, you started your fourth year, but you're almost done with that too. I mean, if you think about it, the years fly by. So, um, well, I mean, going off of that, what would you say are are some of the best experiences you have you've had in like the clinical aspect of school, like your third and fourth year? Um, you know, maybe you could share a little bit about rotations that you went to that you really loved, or um, externships that you've encountered and really enjoyed
2: in general, I just think third and fourth year is such an exciting time for being a podiatry student. Like, it really kind of gives you the opportunity to go to so many different programs, meet so many different types of people, residents, attending students from all over the country in different schools. Like, I definitely think the networking and kind of making connections potential of that is so exciting. And so, so far, that's been a really amazing experience. And also, I think the biggest thing that surprised me about externships is how much you really will get to do um, specifically in the OR. Like I honestly was not expecting attendings or residents to kind of let you do injections or um, suture, or even in some cases I've been handed like the, uh, the blade for when someone was doing a tenotomy. Like I am just in a way so, surprised and grateful for a lot of the experiences I've had. And so I definitely think that's probably my favorite aspect of clerkship so far.
0: For sure. I mean, I know I've had the opportunity to go to two clerkships so far and half of one because of this whole COVID situation that's been going on. But just like you said, and going off of that, you know, it's surprising to see how much trust they put in you. But at the same time, it's very important that they do that because when you realize that a program or the attendings or the residents are putting that much trust in you, they realize that you have the potential and that you are here to learn, you're here to work, you're here to become a podiatrist eventually, right? And that gives you a comforting feeling when you know that they're right beside you, guiding you, but they allow you to use like the blade, they allow you to suture, they allow you to do things within the OR that you might have never thought you would be able to do till you step foot as a resident in your first day as a resident, so I, I can't, you know, disagree with you on that. And I think that as we keep going during this fourth year, I hope we get more and more opportunities to get to see how it really is to be a full-fledged resident. You know, that's what we hope to be one day. And hopefully, as this year progresses, we get better and better. So, tell me one thing that you've kind of enjoyed in the clinical aspect of things as opposed to the book work. I know the first two years, every time I talk to Jill, she's always like, I'm taking a test. Don't disturb me. I have a quiz. (laughs) Don't disturb me. I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to work on this podcast right now. But I know you guys have a lot going on at Shoal and your schedule is a lot different because you guys have exams every now and then, you know, maybe two a week, one a week, and always like bouncing back and forth. And now you're in a phase where the exams are completely over with. So... How does that feel and what do you really like about that transition from bookwork work into finally being able to apply what you've learned?
2: Yeah, definitely. I totally understand why the bookwork is there and why you kind of have to grind out your first two years in that way. But it is so liberating being on clerkships knowing that you don't have exam every week. And of course, like you are definitely put on the spot a little more often. But I feel like that is how you actually find out what you know and what you don't know. Whereas, like, staring at a multiple-choice exam and me freaking out over two answers that both seem really good, I will never miss doing that on a weekly basis like I did at Shoal. And I think it – I definitely think it gave me a lot of character development, you know? It definitely (laughs) gave me a pretty solid work ethic towards that. But (laughs) – I would say my biggest thing is I just love showing up to the hospital or clinic every day and kind of just like putting the the bookwork I've learned to the test and not really having to worry about grades, about the next quiz, the next exam. Like I feel like in a way that kind of ruled my life while I was at Shoal. Right. And if I could give advice to like my younger self there, I would just tell her to like chill out. It really will be Okay. <laughs> Yeah, But I would definitely say that's my favorite part about being out so far.
1: I mean, it's good to know that these these multiple exams a week and this, you know, hardcore studying and stuff will eventually pay off. And there's, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel to look forward to, which is like our third and fourth year. So it's definitely reassuring and really good to know um, and something to look forward to in the future too. Oh
2: my gosh, for sure. And I think... I think being a student is a really interesting perspective to have because you're working with these residents whose schedules are so much harder than your own as a student. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think that's also something I'd like to touch on, just like kind of the importance of understanding that it's like not about you as the student. And like they, they say to always like try to help out the residents as much as you can And I don't think I really understood what that meant until I was kind of in it and kind of saw what they were going through. Like these people are working so hard and I'm excited to be in their shoes one day, but I definitely don't think it looks easy at all.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, what the residents do, what they go through as a PGY1, PGY2, PGY3, you know, it's only building on upon what you've learned and the schedule doesn't get any easier. I know that eventually, as a podiatrist, you can make your own schedule. You can you know, have that work-life balance that we're looking for. But as a resident, those are the three years you're working, you're grinding, you're putting your time and your effort in. So what we do as students compared to them is drastically different, and I completely agree with you on that, too.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm you th- sure they see the light of the tunnel, though, too. Kind of like yeah. I'm seeing it now with
0: graduation.
2: Yeah. I'm sure they, they know they're on that track.
0: For sure, yeah. So how do you how do you feel that your coursework and your past in terms of your work ethic and all those things have helped shape you into becoming the extern you are now? You know, a lot of the stuff that we have done, um, a lot of the stuff that we have habituated to kind of help us become who we are now. So mm-hmm. what were some things that you would attribute to, some things that you've done in your early years at Shoal that you can give advice to students who are coming up along? Uh, or even prospective students that you would want to give advice to about how to handle the pressures or difficulties or challenges that podiatry school entails and how that shapes you into becoming, you know, the appropriate extern and even a future resident, too?
2: Yeah, well, I definitely think it really starts almost at your beginnings of Shoal or whatever school you go to, because you have to balance both doing well academically. And I definitely would suggest that people get involved in other things like clubs or committees. Um, Me personally, I worked for a doctor in private practice. He was in Oak Park, Illinois, and that taught me so much. I think that would be the biggest thing I attribute to how I can perform at clerkships right now is working for this doctor. Basically, he would treat us almost like externs in the sense that we had to be there every day. We had to see his patients. We had to balance working for him while keeping up with school and not falling behind. So that was an amazing experience. Oh, also, something fun that we had to do there was we had to take the x-rays of patients, okay. um, like position them, and then you had to go into this like dark developing room where you're, it's just pitch black. You can't see anything. And all that's in there is like this one little dinky red, um light bulb. And so you're in there blind basically. Oh my God, You're trying not to overexpose. You're trying not to underexpose it. but you have no idea what you're doing. So that that was a that was an experience in itself. That's yeah a, so that's a really
1: cool experience I definitely think. Yeah. yeah. And unique too. I mean I'm sure there's not a lot of um students that can say they like worked while being, you know, in school. Um, and I mean I'm sure that it was so like helpful for you, like you said, in the future too, once you got to rotations and externships to have that experience um that's awesome
2: yeah i think clinic time is really important um which i mean a lot of people come into school being ma's in the past and i definitely think that that experience is so invaluable but definitely like um there's other things like icc and the clinic there um that can really kind of help you out in that way um, and if you don't really have the opportunity to work a job like that, I also think getting involved with leadership roles of clubs is also super um, important and kind of helping you manage your time and get involved with things at your school and other people.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, towards the end of like, my first year I got involved in a lot more and I could definitely say that it's helping me learn how to manage my time. That's for sure. Like I definitely have to make sure I'm allotting a certain amount of time to each of like the things that I'm involved in. Um, yeah. And it's helping me learn a lot too about time management.
2: Like, I remember, I believe that's where I met you, was at, um, like, a Feed My Starving Children period yeah, event. Yeah, it
1: was, it, was it was for AAWP. Um, yeah, yeah. Where you were
2: on the board for that organization, right? Yes, I was the vice president for, it's called the American Association for Women Podiatrists. It's an awesome organization. They have a very active Facebook page. They have a yearly seminar in Arizona. And over the quarantine, they've had a ton of online webinars, which I've just loved. Oh, yeah. The other thing I love about them is they have a scholarship which I feel like that truly speaks to how an organization thinks about its student representatives. If they're willing to financially help them out, that's huge. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Definitely. And, you know, all these opportunities that we have that we can take part in during our years in podiatry school is very important because the more you give, the more you get out of it. The clubs you join, the boards you're part of, and the, the work that you do in clinics, wherever you are, The more you do, the more you get in tune with the community and you give back to the podiatry community, to the school at Shoal and for me at Kent State and for any student respective school that they're at. And I think that's very important because we as people within the field of podiatry, which is not very well known, it's important that we take it upon ourselves to be able to show others what our field is about and that we show that like, hey, this is what our role or what our place is within the field of medicine as a whole and I think that will help uh, others realize, other medical students, other people in other fields of medicine help realize what podiatry is and how it plays an integral role in a patient's lifestyle. Because we forget when we, I think this was something we talked about before, the feet are at the bottom, but we never look down when we're walking. We, we're told to look both ways, but we're never told to look down because if we look down, what happens? We end up hitting something, right? But, I mean, the feet are what take us where we need to go. and by us working on it, I think it's important for us to, you know, always put in time, put in effort and do what we need to do uh, within our communities, um, within the podiatry community as a whole too. So Megan, I know we, me and Jill, we usually give a fun fact and we didn't give one today to the listeners. I know you have a fun fact that you told us about before we came on uh, to the episode. So please share that fun fact with us before we go into our last session of this episode
2: oh yeah for sure so my fun fact is kind of on the basis of both of you guys in the future as well as any other podiatry student listening to this podcast will absolutely treat a ballet dancer someday Mm -hmm. and so I know in like biomechanics they stress about like point shoes and what exactly they look like and all that fun stuff but my fun fact is that The average pressure on a toe box of a point shoe when you actually are dancing on it is around 220 PSI, which is basically like if one PSI is like one pound on one inch, that's a lot of pressure on like a super small area of the foot, which that is why you will have so many dancing patients in your future. That is why people get hurt so often dancing. It definitely is really hard on the body. Um and it people definitely push themselves to their limits. So I thought that was a fun fact to add to your podcast. <laughs> definitely.
0: definitely, we always we always love to hear fun facts, and it's something that we like to hear, and also I'm sure the listeners enjoy as well too, because these are things that we don't necessarily see. So we will be uh, dealing with ballet dancers in the future. So I think it's definitely going to be something that we need to be aware of too. All right, Megan. So we've entered the rapid fire question session. Are you ready?
2: Oh yeah,
0: let's do it. All right. So the first question we always like to ask our our guest is, "What's your favorite bone in the foot?"
2: Um, I would say the talus.
0: The talus. Any reason for that?
2: No muscle attachment, but it holds everything together.
0: So. There we go. Dropping dropping some anatomy knowledge on <laughs> us.
1: Um, okay. So the next question is, "What is your favorite muscle in the foot?" Definitely
2: FHL. Okay. And All right, well, just
0: a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the listeners who don't know what the FHL is, it's the flexor hallucis longus muscle. And Megan, do you want to tell them where it inserts if you know? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I have so to. Base of
2: the proximal phalanx.
0: <laughs> Alright, there we go. Base of the proximal phalanx of so the hallux, right? The big toe.
2: That's right.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, the next question we usually like to ask are guest is if you could choose one person to come on this podcast and give us their thoughts and experiences into the field of Padachi, who would that one person be? And if you know that one person, please let us know so that we can have that connect to get them on. I
2: think that's a really good question. I would probably say I didn't know that there was like a PhD and CPM option before I came into school which, to be honest, isn't something I probably would have done. That is a lot of years' school. But I feel like it's cool. Um, yeah. I know someone at Shoal is uh, Tim Chung. He's in the program. But I feel like anyone who could just shed more light on that, that'd be really good. Yeah. We'll, work, sure. on, we'll yeah. work on
1: getting Tim on. Hopefully, he would be down, too. And I think I think he would be. So I'm going to have to get in touch with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, last but not least, the last question is this. If you could choose one place to travel right now during this COVID time, if there was no restrictions, where would you want to go? I know you've gone to externships and everything like that, but what's one location you would want to go to vacation?
2: Oh my gosh, just based on photos and Instagram, I really want to go to Tokyo. I feel like that would be awesome. I have a friend who studied abroad there in college, and that's just like one of my dream vacation spots for sure.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Well, I'm sure all of us are looking forward to travel and hopefully you are able to once our fourth years are done and before we start residency, because that's what I'm looking forward to, honestly. So thanks, Megan. Yeah. Thanks Megan for joining today and uh, sharing your insights and experiences with us into the reason why you chose podiatry. And we wish you nothing but the best going forward during your externships. And hopefully you land your residency of choice. And I think I, thank you. And I think I added, upstate new york from wherever you're from to the bucket list my bucket uh-huh. list so i'm gonna to have to drive through there at some point in time to <laughs> see how that area yeah. is
2: very yeah.
0: that's for sure <laughs> for sure yeah i'll keep that in mind though I'll, I'll let others know if i like it i'll let others know too so they can visit as well yeah uh jill any last words that you want to say before we wrap up this episode
1: no i just want to thank megan for coming on um it was great to have you on here shed some light on the knowledge you've gained throughout the four years um and you know in the future maybe once you're a resident we'd love to have you on again so
2: thank you guys for the work you're doing because when i was an undergrad i would have loved a podcast like this existed so yeah thank you for this
0: hey but sooner uh Good thing it happens sooner rather than later. We can help the future generations.
1: Yeah, right. exactly.
0: <laughs> right. Well, thanks, listeners, for tuning in today. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hope you guys have been enjoying the past episodes as well. We have future episodes that are going to come from new students from around the country. And Jill, I'm excited to hear from students in Barrie and New York. And we're kind of branching out now, aren't
1: yeah, we? So am I. Can't wait for that. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, we're we're moving outside of Cannon Shoal now, so I think it's I think it's getting <laughs> real now. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we'll see you soon. Uh, take care and uh, look forward to the future episodes. And we'll also be having a live shortly as well. Too, I know we didn't get to that this past long weekend. We were all enjoying our July Fourth weekend, so we'll make that up to you guys as well. Too. So, see you guys.